Hey guys, welcome to Sports and Spouses. This is a weekly podcast hosted by me, Billy, and my wife, Melanie. Say hi, Melanie. Hey. Our podcast discusses the biggest stories in sports through the lens of the average American sports-loving married couple. I am here to provide the perspective of someone who definitely understands and enjoys watching sports, but maybe not always up on the latest breaking news, all the intricacies. Half the time I can't remember who won what championship or World Series the year before, but I love sports. Yep, and I love that she loves sports. So this perspective that she brings introduces a fun and interesting dynamic. So be sure to smash that subscribe button. Follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram. And please tell your friends about us. So thanks for joining us. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Sports and Spouses episode five. We're covering the week of March 24th through April 1st. And we're a day late recording because I was out of town all weekend. So we're recording on Monday, April Fool's Day. I forgot to tape the faucet. I was going to do that to you. Tape the faucet? Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> That's a cruel, <laughs> cruel joke. I still had time, I guess. but I mean, it's it's still April Fool's we'll see. Day. I thought about saran wrapping the toilet, but that would just be that too big would... of a mess for both of us. Yeah, I would make you clean that one up. <laughs> but the faucet is the faucet's a good one. The faucet's the classic. Yeah. April Fool's. And you would you would get me every time with the faucet. Mom said she got the boys with it this morning. Nice. So. <laughs> nice. What's the best April Fool's joke you've ever done? Oh my gosh. I'm well I'm not very creative. On the spot right now. I'm not creative, so <laughs> I've done the faucet before. That's the only one I can think of. I can't think of any either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My mom actually got me really, really good. Um, so, as I mentioned before, my family's from St. Louis. So, um, we live in northwest Arkansas, which is about five hours from St. Louis. So, my mom lives in south Arkansas. So, when she drives up to St. Louis to visit her family, she usually stops here to visit and then keeps going. And she was coming back to stop back through on her way home and she called me uh, I guess she stopped at a gas station for gas or something and she called me and said Billy I was just in an accident on my way home I need you to come help me and I was like freaking out like holy crap uh, what happened she's like I was in a fender bender I'm stranded on the side of the road I can't afford you know a wrecker i need help i need you to come get me and i was like where are you at she said i'm in rolla which is about an hour and a half or so from st louis about three and a half hours from here so i was like all right i guess i'm going on the road so i started like getting ready to go preparing all my stuff to hit the road and then about 15 minutes later, she called me back and said, April Fool's. That's not even funny. <laughs> but so it was amazing. good. It was so good. <laughs> Man, Nansky's conniving. 
<laughs> Classic Nansky. <laughs> My mom's name is Nancy, by the way. I'm no, Nansky. it's Nansky. <laughs> Nansky? So, so, but anyway, that was a very good but cruel. Dang, Nansky straight to the heart, though. I mean, she got me good. But April Fool's Day is one of those days that I don't even think about. Kind of like my birthday. You do, too, think about your birthday, you weirdo. You've already told me, like, what you want for your birthday. Yeah, but I I think about my birthday up until my my birthday, birthday, and then I just live like it's a regular day. Well, it is a regular day, but it's your birthday. Yeah, it's true. All right. So, anyway, um, we're recording it on April Fool's Day. So, if you listen to this after April Fool's Day, which you most likely will, um, don't go around trying to play pranks on people. And They're then, not. Um, I don't know if you know this, but most phones have the date on them on the lock screen. Well, I'm just saying. the home screen. Don't listen to this so on they know. March the 3rd. <laughs> not March. April the 3rd. <laughs> And go. They're not. Well, this is what I'm saying. You're not the morning news. They're not listening <laughs> to you and then going about their day armed with information. Good morning, America. <laughs> Today is April 1st, 2019. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but don't listen to this and say, oh my gosh, it's April Fool's Day. I haven't been out of the house in a week. You just, I'm going to go just, place pranks on a bunch of people. You just really needed to finish that thought, didn't you? I did. I have lots I of thoughts you, that I need no, to finish okay. them. But anyway, if you do that, it won't end badly for you. But chances are, if you have any sort of cell phone or watch, you'll know that it's not That's April That's true. Yep. But anyway, that joke would have been better if I <laughs> would have thought For your wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you said it. No, not me. <laughs> so anyway, um, we got a ton of stuff to go and cover today. Um, so let's just, actually, uh, continuing on with April Fool's pranks, um, there were a couple in the NFL that were played. Um, Tom Brady joined Twitter today on April Fool's Day. Did you hear about that? No. Um, his first tweet, um, ever said, I'm retiring. (laughs) That's funny. He said, and, well, it would have been better if that was his very first tweet, but he went on to say in the same tweet went on to say in my spare time, I'll be tweeting. So that kind of gave it away that it was a joke. And then his second tweet was, was this a bad joke? Hmm. So happy April fool's day, Tom Brady. Um, and then this was a pretty good prank. Um, say, almost said St. Louis Rams still hurts my heart. Um, Los Angeles Rams head coach, Sean McVay. Um, He was having dinner with uh, Cliff Kingsbury, new Arizona Cardinals head coach, and Patrick Mahomes, uh, Kansas City Chiefs quarterback, who played quarterback for Cliff Kingsbury at Texas Tech. Uh, So uh, they were having dinner, and Sean McVay... um, Played a little prank on Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury, if you don't know, has the number one overall NFL draft pick. Um, So Sean McVay said, quote, we have a mutual friend 
and I put his name in my phone as NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell. I have this friend send me a text saying, I can't believe you're at dinner with Kingsbury and Mahomes. You know better than this. This is tampering. You're both going to lose picks. So I showed this text to Cliff. He saw a ghost. I said, you better call GM Steve Klein right now. He said, I thought I was going to lose the number one overall pick. So pretty good prank by Sean McVay. Um, so anyway, um, we're going to go ahead and dive into the top story of the week. Our top story of the week is, of course, the final four. Our final four field has been set. It is two-seed Michigan State taking on three-seed Texas Tech, and then one-seed Virginia taking on five-seed Auburn. And Auburn, I think, is the top story of the final four because they were just crazy hot throughout the entire tournament. In a five-seed, they knocked off Kansas, North Carolina, and then Kentucky to reach the final four. So I think they were kind of the the uh, under the radar uh, team just to to kind of sneak their way into the final four there. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I think they'll give Virginia a good run for sure. And Virginia was that team that nobody really thought would make it very far, myself included. I didn't think they would make I it. I think you thought Virginia would make. I didn't think they deserved a one seed. Myself. I think other people thought they'd make it. Though. Right. I didn't think they'd make it to the Sweet 16. In fact, I had them losing in the second round. Um, but they're gonna they're proving all the naysayers wrong, and now, in fact, they're the the Vegas favorite to win the title, which is pretty insane. When they were kind of the most doubted one seed next to Gonzaga after being, you know, the kind of the laughing stock last year after UMBC took them out as a 16 seed when they were the number one overall seed last year. So those are your top four teams, not top four teams. Those are your final four teams. And interesting tidbit, the four Elite Eight games were decided by a combined margin of 18 points. Only 18 points combined margin. And that's the smallest combined margin in Elite Eight history. So really good games in those Elite Eight games. And Texas Tech and Auburn going to their first ever Final Four in program history. That's got to be an amazing feeling. Yeah, for sure. Would be pretty cool. Yeah. Um. So the final four tips off Saturday night, uh, April sixth, around five o'clock, and then around seven fifty ish, probably just after the first game ends. Michigan State and Texas Tech are first, and then Virginia and Auburn. Duke didn't make it. Well, first, none of my final four teams made it. <laughs> I can't find my bracket, so I don't know who I chose. My final four teams. I know I didn't choose Texas Tech. That's for sure. I don't know if anybody I might chose. have put Michigan State kind of far, but I don't think I put them this far. I had Michigan State in the Elite Eight, but losing Actually, to Duke. Actually, you know what? I did have them far, but I don't know. I can't. 
I don't know what my bracket said. I actually had Texas Tech losing in the Sweet 16. And here they are in the Final Four. But don't take my word for anything because zero of four Final Four teams in my bracket made Mm -hmm. it. So I had Duke, Florida State, Tennessee, and North Carolina in my Final Four. And none of them made it. So (laughs) take that. Take my expertise for what it is. <laughs> oh, wait. Here's a check my men's bracket. I was te- technically challenged over here when I was trying to look at ESPN app. Um, so in one of them, I had Duke in North Carolina. Duh. And then let's see. In the other one, I think I did a little bit different. I do two. Oh, yeah. I had Nevada and Kansas State. Nevada. I laughed at my yeah, Kansas State. Kansas one. State. Nice. My gut betrayed me. <laughs> so, top overall seed Duke, and probably the favorite for the entire year, didn't make it to the Final Four. And Zion Williamson, uh, in his post-game interview after losing the Elite Eight game to Michigan State, uh, he was quoted saying, Uh, You just look around their locker room and you see teammates and your brothers and you just think this group will probably never play together again. And then he said, there's obviously a high chance that he's going to enter this year's NBA draft, but he didn't make his decision official. So there you have it. Zion Williamson is probably no longer a college student. (laughs) Um, because he basically said without saying that he's entering the draft because yeah. he said there's obviously a high chance that he's entering the draft, which everybody knew anyway. Everybody knew that he was going to be a one and done. Yeah. But he became the first freshman to score 100 points in the NCAA tournament since Derrick Rose in 2008. Zion Williamson scored 104 points. Um, interesting tidbit. Derrick Rose in 2008. Um, went to the championship game, but they lost to Kansas. So, and that run that Memphis went on, that Derrick Rose was on, Derrick Rose was on the Memphis Tigers team. Mm-hmm. 2008 was actually vacated for a scandal. So, oh, recruiting scandal. Um, and then Zion Williamson also said, this season has just been a movie. It's not one with the best outcome, but it's been a great movie. I'm glad I can be a part of it. Well, that's neat. Yeah. So, he's obviously done at Duke. He's probably going to go first overall, make tons of money, tons of NBA money and endorsement money, I'm sure. Um, But, question for you. Because Duke didn't make the Final Four, is Duke's season seen as a failure? No, but they do what Duke does, where all anyone can talk about is Duke all the time, and then Duke they almost Duke get beat through the whole tournament, and then they finally get beat. That's what they tend to do. They did almost get beat, almost get beat two consecutive games, and then they did almost win. <laughs> True. <They> lost them. <laughs> they if you're optimistic, <laughs> you look at it a different way than I do. <laughs> So they they lost by or they won by two and then against who do they 
They won by two against – oh, geez. My bracket's all messed up because I just got marks all through it. But they won by two against UCF. And then they won by – no, they won by one against UCF. Then they won by two against Virginia Tech. And then they lost by one against Michigan State. So they were playing with fire for three straight rounds. So um, there's going to be a lot of people that consider Duke's season a failure because they didn't make the Final Four. And there's going to be some people who consider it a failure because they didn't win the championship. I mean, that's just not a good way to judge a season because yeah. we're one champion. Right. There's so one, every team season is a failure? No. One out of 68 teams win this national championship. That just comes with the territory of being someone like Duke. It's right. like if you don't win at all, it, you might as well not have yeah. even tried. Yeah. But I don't necessarily agree with that philosophy. Agreed. And at one point during the season, earlier in the season, they were considered to have the top three picks in the NBA draft. So I think that's where those expectations came from, just because of the type of players they had on their team. Um, but I don't think it's seen like that anymore. I think they have two of the top five, maybe, maybe three of the top ten. Um, but I don't see it as a failure. I think they probably maybe themselves see their season as kind of a bust because I'm sure they at least wanted to make a Final Four. Right. I'm sure Zion definitely wanted to, you know, if, if I'm yeah, going to spend a course. year in college and I'm going to make the most of it. Especially but, when you have such a good team. Right. But, I mean, it was it was a fun, fun show that Zion put on for an entire season at Duke. And now he's going to go to whatever NBA team is going to get that lottery pick and probably get him first overall and he'll make a ton of money and he'll be – I feel, um, let me just sidebar, time. I feel worse for that dude. Was it Virginia Tech who had the chance to tie it and go into overtime with that little alley-oop pass? Yes. And he just, his hands just didn't do anything, and he just yeah. let the ball go mm-hmm. at the side of the rim? Like, that would bother me more than, like, a team loss. Mm-hmm. Just one mistake at the end where you could, it comes down to free throws in the whole game. but Right, right, free throws. When there's one chance. Game. At the end, and you don't deliver, that would be harder to me than just dealing with a loss. Right. So the Final Four is on Saturday, and we're going to pick the games later on in the show. But we're going to move on to our second story, which is the NCAA coaching carousel. So with the end of a basketball season comes coaching vacancies. And lots of coaching rumors. And according to Sports Illustrated, here are the most desirable uh, college coaching jobs as of right now. I'm just going to list them and then we'll go into discussing the rumors. So number one, UCLA. And I get that. UCLA is a big... Big school, historic program. Number two, Arkansas. Number three, Texas A&M. Number four, Vanderbilt. Number five, BYU. That's just the top five. There's more listed, but these are just the ones that we're going to cover. 
So let's start with UCLA. Um, here's the top rumored candidates. There's, I did a ton of research, probably too much research, but research is my jam and I like research, but this is the one that really kind of threw me for a loop. The top rumored candidate for UCLA was Tony Bennett from Virginia. Do you think he would leave Virginia to go to UCLA after just making the Final Four? Yeah, that's weird. Well, first I had to figure out who he was, so I'm glad you said who he was. <laughs> but yeah, that is weird. First, Why would you leave that good thing? Right. He was the top overall seed in the tournament last year, and now he's a number one seed this year, and now he's in the Final Four. Why would he leave that to go across the country to probably a rebuild at UCLA? Right. Because they haven't made the tournament in probably three years, maybe. That's weird. Yeah. So that one struck my interest. Um, next, Luke Walton, uh, former Lakers coach. He was fired uh, this season, earlier this season. Mike Bray from Notre Dame. That one piques my interest because I'm also a Notre Dame fan. Uh, Chris Holtman at Ohio State. He's a good coach. He, um, His team was in the tournament this year. They made it to, I think, the Sweet 16 maybe. Eric Musselman at Nevada. Kelvin Sampson at Houston. Russell Turner at UC Irvine. And the name of a coach that is very – very interesting. Uh, Rick Patino. Yeah. Yeah. That'll, that'll make you cringe. Uh, that one, I wouldn't want Rick Patino coming to my school, but mm-hmm. I think, I, I don't know. I don't know what I think, but I have thoughts, but I don't, I don't want to go too deep into what I think about Rick Patino and everything he's been involved in scandals and things that he did for players involving, women right yeah but, that's kind of gross yeah but he's coaching in greece right now hmm. so interesting yeah um so there's a there's another story involving ucla supposedly ucla offered john calipari which is kentucky's head coach a six-year 48 million dollar deal which comes to eight million dollars a year to come coach at UCLA and then to counter that. And that was just a a report. I'm not sure how official that was. And to counter that, because supposedly there was quote, substantial interest from John Calipari, Kentucky offered him a lifetime contract that would allow him to be paid as an ambassador from the university after he retires. So he's going to be able to coach at Kentucky as long as he wants. And then after he retires, he's going to be an ambassador. I wonder how much, like what that money looks like. Well, right now he makes, let me get, he no, makes but like as a paid ambassador. Like oh, I don't a, know. Right now he's making $9.2 million a year. He's the highest paid college coach, hmm. college basketball coach. And I'm sure this lifetime contract might come with a little pay bump. But I think here's here's my issue with that. They're going to 
make him a lifetime coach at Kentucky. But when you look at John Calipari's stats over his time with Kentucky, he's been there 10 years. He's made four Final Fours, which is awesome. He's won one, one championship in 10 years. He's always – he's kind of like Duke where they always have these high expectations. But in 10 years, he's won one championship, four Final Fours, which four out of 10 is pretty good, pretty good. But I feel like one championship in 10 years, you're going to give this guy a lifetime contract just to keep him from being, quote, interested in another job. I don't know how I feel about that. So – that's what's going on at UCLA. I don't, I don't know what they're doing over there. Um, then we move on to the second, uh, the second most desirable job opening, according to Sports Illustrated, is Arkansas, where we're at right now. Um, so the top rumored candidate right now is Kelvin Sampson from Houston, who took his team to the um, Sweet 16. But... Um, I, I saw a report today that Kelvin Sampson is actually working out a deal with Houston to remain at Houston. Um, and before that, there were tons of reports that Tillman Fertitta, who is a billionaire owner of the Houston Rockets, is financially backing Kelvin Sampson to stay at Houston and Houston offered Kelvin Sampson six years, $18 million to stay at Houston, which comes down to $3 million a year. So if Arkansas wanted to go after Kelvin Sampson, that was going to have to turn into a little bidding war. And Tillman Fertitta was going to um, open up his pocketbook. And he was actually talking a little trash to Arkansas and he said, uh, talking about Kelvin Sampson, he said, we're sure not going to let him leave because of money. Fayetteville is great, but it's not Houston, Texas. Which, we go to Houston quite a bit. I mean, I mean, I guess it depends on the lifestyle you want, because I don't want to be stuck in traffic. Right I mean, you're going to spend most of your lifestyle between a bunch of lanes. <laughs> so <laughs> Mad at the world, and yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, yeah. Super humid. But, I mean, you go anywhere, it takes 45 minutes to drive there. I mean, maybe for him, because he's a billionaire. Yeah. He doesn't drive anywhere. Exactly. He just jumps in a helicopter, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, if he thinks, you know, not going to let him leave because of money, he's one billionaire. How many billionaires does Arkansas have, you know? We've got Walmart, Tyson, J.B. Hunt, the Dallas Cowboys. Come on. Jerry Jones I'm talking about. But we got more billionaires than Tillman Fertitta. If we wanted Kelvin Sampson, we could probably make it work. But I have my thoughts on Kelvin Sampson, too. I don't, I'm not too sure how I feel about him, especially since he was kicked out of the NCAA for five years for cheating. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Oops. But supposedly, for, I, I'm, I don't know all the details on this, but supposedly the things that 
he got kicked out for aren't illegal anymore. So there's kind of a, kind of a thin line there. I don't I don't know. So, but anyway, moving on to the other rumored candidates. Kelvin Sampson was the top one, but it looks like he might not work out anymore. Chris Beard from Texas Tech is also a a top candidate, but here's the thing, Arkansas fans, listen up. Chris Beard is not coming to Arkansas. Chris Beard coached at UALR for one or two years. And everybody's like, Chris Beard's got ties to Arkansas. He's coming back to Arkansas. You don't coach at one or two years, coach one or two years at a small sister university and call that ties to a state. I'm sorry. I just have to tell everybody, Billy is literally sitting here with his left <laughs> hand up in the air. <laughs> Like, I don't even know what to compare it to. He's about to put it down on the Bible and swear. <laughs> he is full on preach mode over I, here. I'm preaching, people. So I'm, I was waiting to see if you're going to put it down and it was still no, up. No, I got my hand up. I'm preaching. <laughs> I'm, I got my hand up in the air and I'm praising God. I'm telling the truth. But listen, he's from Texas. He's living his dream over in West Texas, burning up sweat when he goes outside. He's he's living it up. He's at Texas Tech. I think the only way he's going to leave Texas Tech is if the University of Texas calls. Because that would be, I mean, that's, that's as good as it gets in Texas, and he's from Texas. So I'm sorry, Arkansas fans, but Chris Beard's not coming to Arkansas. So then, moving on to another candidate, Billy Donovan. He won one or two national championships at Florida, back with Joe Kim Noah. And now he's with the Oklahoma City Thunder. There are reports that things aren't going too well. He's not getting along with Russell Westbrook. Um, and he's interested in getting back into the college basketball game. So... Here's the thing with Billy Donovan. Arkansas's got money, that's for sure. Arkansas's got more money than people realize. But Billy Donovan's making really, really good money in Oklahoma City. So Arkansas is going to have to saddle up and probably pay this man around like $6, 7000000 million a year when they just fired Mike Anderson, who was making $2.5 million a year. That's quite a jump. I'm not sure if... I don't think they'd do that. Yeah, that's... I mean... If they're not going to pay Dave Van Horn more than they pay him, they're not right, going to pay someone exactly. coming in for the basketball mm-hmm. job. Right. Coach K is making $8.98. You don't... You don't pay... Yeah, I just... I don't know about that one. But anyway, moving on, go through all these others. I mentioned Eric Musselman from uh, Nevada. He's also a rumored candidate in Arkansas. Then you got Greg Marshall from Wichita State. He's done really good things at Wichita State. Uh, Mac McMahon from uh, Murray State. They did. They had a pretty good run in the in the tournament this year. 
Mick Cronin from Cincinnati. They they were in the tournament this year. And Chris Jans from New Mexico State. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, they've actually had a, a pretty good program over there in the Southwest. Broke my heart, though. <laughs> Broke your bracket. That's Broke what they bracket. did. <laughs> it was so. broken already. <laughs> <laughs> so then we go on to number three, Texas A&M. They've only got two rumored candidates, one of which seems to be off the board because Kelvin Sampson is looking like he's finalizing a deal to stay at Houston. So the other rumored candidate is Buzz Williams from Virginia Tech. And this is where it gets interesting because I saw a report today that I'm not sure how true it is because these are all from quote-unquote sources. And like on Twitter, so God knows how true it is. Buzz Williams is reportedly, he's telling his team today, or told his team today, that he's leaving. So, and he was Texas A&M's top target, and they were willing to back the dump truck up to him. So, I'm not sure what that means. I'm not sure if Buzz Williams is going to go to Texas A&M. For all I know, Buzz Williams might be going to BYU. Who knows? But I saw a report today that said Buzz Williams told his team he was leaving. So by tomorrow, Buzz Williams might be in a different state. So those are the only two rumored rumored candidates at Texas A&M, strangely enough. So number four, Vanderbilt. Uh, Top rumored candidate is Johnny Dawkins. From UCF, they had a really good run, almost took out Duke. Um, saw a report that he's actually finalizing a deal to be the head coach at Vanderbilt. What would be the appeal of going to Vanderbilt versus just, just staying at UCF? Um, I think just playing in a better conference, hmm. um, getting SEC money, gotcha. SEC recruits. Um. Then Jerry Stackhouse is also a rumored candidate. Uh, he's a Memphis Grizzlies assistant. Russell, Tur- Russell Turner is from UC Irvine. He's a rumored candidate. And then Mike Young from Wofford. He's one of those up-and-comers that I think would probably be a good fit anywhere. Um, then last on the list, BYU Here's what's interesting about BYU. BYU is a good school. They usually have a pretty good football program. Basketball program, I've never really seen them do much. But I'm going to name these rumored candidates. And what you'll find interesting about these candidates is you would have never heard of any of them. Hmm. So... Me or the general anybody, public? <laughs> anybody listening to this podcast, <laughs> I'll be surprised if them. you've heard of any of these people. Hmm. So here they are. The top candidate is Mark Pope from Utah Valley University or Utah Valley College, whatever it is. I don't even know it. So that's the top candidate for the BYU job is Mark Pope from Utah Valley. And then Barrett Peary from Portland State, Alex Jansen, from, he's a Utah Jazz assistant, Mark Madsen is a Lakers assistant, and then Kevin Young is a 76ers assistant. That's all, that's all you got. You don't got, like, I don't know, 
Eric Musselman from Nevada or somebody like that. You got just a bunch of no-name people going for this BYU job. Why don't you have somebody like an, I don't know, like a Mike Young from Wofford or somebody like that as a candidate at BYU? I don't know. That's what I find interesting about that BYU job. I guess they're just looking for an up-and-comer that they can get for cheap. I don't know. So there's a U.S. senator. Uh, It's Senator Chris Murphy, and he's a Democrat from Connecticut, if that matters to you right now. (laughs) He has a plan to pay athletes across the board in every sport in the NCAA. And I don't know if it's lower levels, but for now, now we'll just call it NCAA. So he says that there's so much money in college sports that even the ladder that the players use to cut the nets in the NCAA tournament is sponsored but the players don't see a dime of that money and he has a plan to change that. So he released this report that outlines the financial problems and what's wrong in collegiate athletics. And he talks about like through college football, how much money is made on all of these athletes and then March Madness and all of the sponsorships and just all of the money that's just funneled in and like TV deals and like CBS in the in the NCAA tournament. They had a Zion cam where uh, when on TV they could just flip it to Zion whenever they wanted. And so he released this report. And the first report is just kind of outlining, outlining what's wrong. And then later on, he's going to release future reports that's going to be a series. And he's going to address what we can do to fix and address the issues. So he's got a plan. He just He's kind of building it up. He hasn't released his plan. He's just released what's wrong. So, but there's another congressman. His name is Mark Waller. And if you care, he's a Republican Republican from North Carolina. And he introduced a bill this year called the Student Athlete Equity Act. And that would amend a tax code that would allow college players to make money from endorsements. And this actually, I'm not sure if this would be a bad idea because they're not being paid directly. It would give them the opportunity to make money off their name. So it would let them charge for autographs, charge for appearances, um, have endorsements like, I don't know, shoe deals maybe. So what are your thoughts on that? On just that last part or? Yeah, what do you think about uh, should athletes be able to uh, capitalize off their own name? I think so, but it would have to have some guidelines like 
yeah. in place because that's a pretty slippery slope. But it's like, very slippery. I slope. think it did come to light with the Zion can because they're mm-hmm. all just out there like blasting his name and doing all these things. And you know, for him, it's probably neat. It probably creates added pressure. Mm-hmm. You know, he might thrive in it, but you know, to have the distraction of the Zion cam and blah, 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 blah. And then who makes the money from it? The network does not him. So it kind of is. um, But I don't know. They could be two separate issues. How would that affect, you know, the trouble that these schools are getting in from their recruiting tactics? If players can get paid and make money off their own name, how does that change? Mm -hmm. Like the boat that LSU's in right now, where they. Yeah, that's a great point players to come play for them. I mean, that takes, does that take that away and make it no longer a bad thing? Yeah. If you come to my university, you can make more money than if you go to that university. But like they still wouldn't be able to pay them directly or give them gifts. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't know. I mean, cause then it's like, what's the harm in that? If you're going to make money off your own name eventually, Mm -hmm. I don't know. So that's my, that was my first thought, but I think, in a structured way, yes, they should be able to make money off their name. I, again, it's it would make it weird because I mean, yeah, I'm not so sure about endorsements, like advertisements and stuff like that. But I do think they should be able to charge for like appearances and autographs. Appearances, yeah. Autographs would be like weird. you know, like go somewhere, set up a table, and say you know fifty bucks for a signed picture or whatever. Yeah, I think that should be legal. I mean, I think it's something they need to think about. We're kind of going at that. Yeah, I, I mean, I hate to say that college sports are going that way, but in our current culture, everything is televised and marketed and goes viral and blah, 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 blah. This wasn't that way. Right. And you also, years ago, you think about Zion's, everything's going back to Zion because he's the biggest star in college basketball right now. You think about his shoe blowout and his, when he hurt his knee, all of the money that was filtered through Zion that was made off of him. If he would have blown his knee out and ruined his future, Mm -hmm. Um, he wouldn't have made a dime off mm-hmm. of it, but all of the money made off of him. Right. Like what, what happens to him? Right. And I've seen that, you know, you see that all the time. You see like the kid from UCF, the quarterback, um, Milton. Oh yeah. Uh, McKenzie, McKenzie. Milton. Um, like he four years, I think maybe three or four years at UCF, one freak play, he tears, you know, just about everything in his <laughs> knee, and suddenly his NFL hopes, his entire career is just down the drain. And what what what's he going to do now? Get an assistant coach job for sixty grand a year? Mm-hmm. I mean, if he could have been capitalizing on, you know, on some kind of endorsements while he was at UCF, then. Maybe it just gives him a possibility to. Yeah. Sorry, let me talk through my yawn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it just gives him a possibility to kind of, I don't know, explore some opportunities and yeah. not just kind of feel cheated. Yeah. I would love to hear from the players 
What yeah. like what does Zion think about it? Like does he feel? I'm sure cheated he's all about it because he'll put on dunk. No, contest. but does he like right now? Does he feel cheated out of like all the exposure he's gotten? Or oh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Speaking of, did I'm, you ever watch the video on the NBA players uh, compound fracture? No, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to see the compound fracture. It's terrible. I can't pronounce his name. And so he I'm doesn't even. He came down in a way that was not weird. So it's crazy that it's like just snapped in half. Yeah. But I I do not agree with just paying players across the board because there's a very slippery slope because what do you pay, you know, a tennis player compared to, you know, a star running back? Yeah. Like what do you pay a shot putter on the track team? Right. Or I mean, that just starts a whole Or get getting deeper, what do you pay Do you pay every single Right. Person? Yeah. Or what do you pay, you know, the the star quarterback compared to the punter? What does that do to the locker room situation, you know, after a tough loss? That yeah, I, yeah I think that's a bad idea. Yeah. I think it should just be make money off your name if you can. And, right. Because, yeah, that there's too many athletes. Yeah. There's, and there's too much inequality because, mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of goes back to how we were talking about um, not this episode, but the coaching, you know, you get paid kind of for how much money you bring into the university. So right. if your baseball stadium only holds 9,000 people, you're not going to get paid as much as a football coach who can bring in 70,000 right. people, even though your seasons are more successful. Yep. That would be the same in the sports. Mm-hmm. You're going to have, if you're some... not bringing much exposure to these universities and they're not going to want to pay. That's why I don't think paying is a good idea because there's too much inequality. You're going to have some diva running back that, you know, creates division in a locker room because he thinks he's the reason people. Well, and you just have to decide, are you paying every sport? I mean, there's a lot of sports. Yeah, for sure. So you got wrestling, you got, I mean, I mean, there's just too much. Yeah. So yeah, I agree with you. But they'll figure it out. But I do think players, while they're in school, should be able to make some kind of money just off their own name and their own popularity. But anyway, let's move on to some pick'ems, shall we? Pick'em, 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 pick'em. I don't know why I just did that. <laughs> I, <don't either. laughs> I was thinking like monster trucks, like Sunday, Sunday, oh Sunday. My God. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah, pretty close. I just say pick them 14 times. Well, I'm awake now. Well, mission accomplished. So, uh, last week, uh, we did a bunch of picks last week. Um, We picked the Florida State Gonzaga game, and we both picked Florida State because we thought Gonzaga was overrated. And <laughs> my gut went led me astray again. I had a yeah. good gut feeling. I think it's Obviously because it we not. both wanted to be in Florida. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, we were watching spring training, and yeah, that's where true. we wanted to be. So, but anyway, Gonzaga won seventy-two to fifty-eight. So neither of us got that pick. Um, and then Purdue and Tennessee. Melanie picked Purdue. I picked Tennessee and. Purdue won 99-94 in overtime. So, Melanie got that one. 
And then LSU versus, versus Michigan State. We both picked Michigan State over LSU, and we both got it because Michigan State won 80-63. to 63. And then Auburn versus North Carolina. I picked North Carolina, and Melanie picked Auburn, and she was victorious because Auburn won 97-80. to 80. And then we picked a Braves at Phillies opening weekend series. And we both picked the Braves to win two games to one. And neither of us got it because the Phillies swept the Braves <laughs> three to nothing. So uh, the Braves are off to a slow start. And then the Cardinals at the Brewers was a four-game series. And... I picked the Cardinals uh, three games to one because I'm a Cardinals fan and I'm blind. And <laughs> Melanie picked a, a split, two to two split. Did they split? No. Uh, Brewers won three oh. to one. Why did you say I won that one then? Cause... Because you got way closer than I did. Oh, you're going so... half a closer. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I when I it's... I thought I said they split. When I'm it's... okay with having being in neither because that's not really Well, either way, it. you won the pick em. Because I won one out of six games. <laughs> and you won four or three out of six. If you don't card if you don't count the cards. Handing out victories, I'll take it. I mean, either way, it doesn't matter if you count that one or not. You won you won this week's pick up. Okay. So Harry what do you Potter win? and the Chamber of Secrets coming Is that up. the second one? Yeah, and we never would watch the first one. So now you so got I two got, of them racked up. Oh jeez. We don't have to watch them both at once, so Okay, so this week we're going to pick the final four games. Two-seed Michigan State versus three-seed Texas Tech. Who you got? I'm going to go Texas Tech because it's their oh, first time there. Okay. And I just think it's cool. So I'm going to root for them. Okay, well, I'm going to go I'm going to go Michigan State. And I will be going with Auburn for the same reason. Because it's just neat to- that they made it that far. Um, I am also going to go with Auburn. So, and that, I mean, uh, mark this down. So, you've got Texas Tech, I've got Michigan State, and then we both got Auburn over Virginia. So, and then we're going to move to Nationals at the Mets. It's a three-game series Thursday, and then they take Friday off, and then they play Saturday and Sunday. Nationals are currently one and two, off to a slow start. And then the Mets are three and one. I'm going to go Mets two to one. Mets two games to one. Um, I'm going to say... You know what? I'm going to say I'm going to say the Mets sweep them. Okay. Then we got a NBA game. It's almost playoff time, so it's playoff push here. We got the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, they are currently first in the Eastern Conference. Their record is 57 and 20, and they are at the Philadelphia 76ers with a record of 49 and 27. They are third in the Eastern Conference. That game's Thursday night, April 4th. 
their last two meetings, March 17th, 76ers won 130-125, five-point game. And way back in October, the Bucks won 123-108. to So they split the last two meetings. So this is the rubber match, so to speak. Who you got? Bucks at 76ers. Bucks. Bucks it is. I'm also going to take Bucks. All right, so to recap, I'm taking Michigan State. You're taking Texas Tech. We're both taking Auburn. Uh, you're taking Mets 2-1. to one. I'm taking Mets in a sweep. And then we're both taking the Bucks. That's this week's pick em. Let's do a two-minute drill, shall we? So let's this, do it. Let's do it. Let's just do it. So this is when we set a timer for two minutes, and then we cover as many topics as we can in those two minutes. And I think we finally figured out how to fit it within the two minutes. We basically just um, not do as many topics. Well, we can fit not it as many as we can do in two minutes. <laughs> yeah, instead of doing it in seven minutes, we can actually do it in two minutes. So, so anyway, right. here we go. Let's start it. They're working on it. Okay. Here All right. Go. Ready, set, go. So Kobe Bryant was on the Late Late Show with James Corden, and they were playing a game, and James Corden um, made him either rank himself, Michael Jordan, and LeBron James, or eat a cow tongue. Ooh. So, So Kobe Bryant, right before he took a bite of the cow tongue, he chickened out, and he ranked himself first, then Michael Jordan, then LeBron James. <laughs> Which would Do you be agree? expected. Uh, I don't know. I definitely, well, I don't, it's hard to say because each of them are in a different generation doing mm -hmm. different things. So yeah. LeBron going straight out of high school and just being this phenomenon of our time. Yeah. Kobe Bryant went straight out of high school too. Yeah, but it's just, it's just crazy. It's, but so, Michael Jordan, I mean, they're each just, you know. So what's crazy about them own, is they were all on the tail end of each other's careers. Yeah. They all came up. So they're all so different. It's yeah. hard to. I mean, I that would be one where you'd have to break down the stats. And let's see how much time we have left. Because here we go rambling again. So I would do. I would do Jordan, Kobe, then LeBron. But of course. Kobe's going to put himself first because he's a competitor like yeah. that. Well, yeah, you probably would. Yeah. But let's move on. So uh, opening day, Philly fans brewed, brewed, they brewed him like a beer. No, they booed Bryce Harper um, after his second strikeout on opening day. Um, and then the very next day or the very next game, he hit a six, a 465-foot home run, and suddenly they loved him again. Are Philly fans too harsh? Yeah. Yeah. People are petty. People are petty. But it's kind of to be expected with that big of a contract. You know there's going to be some haters. Yeah. But that's how Philly fans are. So, oh. Man, that timer didn't want to go off. So, but yeah, I agree. Philly fans are just brutal. They are in football with I mean, Eagles. they will be anywhere. I just think it's kind of silly. But, I mean... I'm sure they weren't like super serious about it. They're, yeah. They're still going to come watch him. So you think it was deserved? No. 
sign that huge contract and then I don't strike out twice. I don't think it was at all. It's baseball. <laughs> yeah. He struck out. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. But, well, we covered two topics in two minutes. <laughs> so Sweet. But, well, we made it. Well, we've come to the end of the show, and we always end the show with our walk-off thoughts. And my walk-off thought is I was gone this weekend, and I went to my very first Comic-Con, or Comic-Con. I'm not, is it Comic-Con? Or? I think there's two Cs. Well, no, maybe there's not. I don't know. Just but say I'm, it fast. And Comic-Con. So I went to my very first Comic-Con in Kansas City, and I got to say, it was an interesting experience. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what to expect. Um, I went up for my brother's bachelor party. Um, so my brother has a Walking Dead podcast and a pop culture podcast. So if you're into those, check them out. It's called The Broken Dead and The FOMO Show. So if you're into either of those things, check out his podcast. So we went up for those or for the Comic-Con because he's into that stuff. So um, wanted to treat him. So I didn't know what to expect, but walked in and I've never seen so many people dressed up as comic book characters or just random things in my life. I uh, saw a lot of Spider-Men, saw a lot of Deadpools. I saw Gene Simmons from Kiss. Mm-hmm. Not the real Gene Simmons I saw from a Kiss. picture of that one. Yeah, but it was a fat guy dressed up as Gene <laughs> Simmons from Kiss. Well, Gene Simmons is a fat guy now, but... Nah, not super fat. Ish. Yeah, overweight. He's old, though. So. Hey, well, I mean, that's what old people do when they get old. You can't hit the gym like you used to. So. I'm not sure if you ever hit the gym. He just hit the cocaine. <laughs> so, the cocaine gym. <laughs> yeah, but I, I saw I saw a Buzz Lightyear. There's a guy with, like, a legit Buzz Lightyear costume with the, the glass that came down over his face. Did it face automatically come back over with a button push? I, I, don't, I don't know. I didn't see him that Stick long. Stick around long enough for that. But it was pretty cool. Um, yeah. that was. I think that was the coolest part for me was just taking in all the different costumes or at, cosplay, as they call it, I guess. But... Yeah, Comic-Con, Comic-Con Kansas City, or Planet <laughs> Comic-Con Kansas City. So if you ever have a chance to go to a Comic-Con, if you're Would into, you recommend it? If you, if, you, if you know anything about comic books and stuff, because that's really what it was about, comic books, because there were a lot of, um, like, artists comic book artists and illustrators and things like that, like the tables and stuff. So it was, what do you mean? Illustrators are actually there. Yeah. Like they're to sign your comic book. Oh, cool. Like one, like my brother, um, got the autograph of the guy who created Deadpool. Like artistically. No, like he, he Deadpool was his idea. I thought that was one of the comic the people though. What? The major comic writers. Marvel? Yeah. No, this was a different guy. Stan Lee created. 
like Spider-Man and some other people, but Deadpool. So Marvel owns Deadpool, but this guy created Deadpool. Oh, I didn't know that. So he was just like, like this Comic-Con thing was basically like a giant trade show. And there's these people in booths, like you would imagine like a, I don't know, like a craft show. So there's all these different booths in like this huge convention center. And like this guy, they had like his trade show thing. And it's like the creator of Deadpool. And he's just sitting there signing stuff and just sitting there like from me to you. So my brother went and was talking to him like their best friends about how he invented Deadpool. That's cool. Yeah. About the personality he came up with for Deadpool and. Got his so that guy just sold like the rights to yeah. it or something. Yeah, okay. I guess. But so that part was pretty cool. So if you're into comic books and stuff like that, then then yeah, it's a cool thing. But if you if you're not into it, you probably won't enjoy it. But anyway, what's your walk off thought? Um, mine's unrelated to sports. I feel like I need to get this off my chest. <laughs> okay. As we have come into our routines lately, we enjoy watching Wheel of Fortune. We do, because we're all... I feel like I just need to put this out in the universe. Um, <laughs> I don't know that this is common knowledge. Apparently, it's not, according to all the Wheel of Fortune I've been watching. You don't have to buy all the vowels in order to solve the puzzle. You don't. Vowels cost you money. They do. That's why you're buying them. So, I'd like here's what I have seen happen. You don't know what the puzzle is, so therefore you can't solve it yet. So you buy vowels to, like, reaffirm what you think it is. However, if you buy the wrong vowel, you still lose your turn. So you might as well guess a consonant and make money off of it. And my biggest pet peeve, and I just have to say, I would love to know what Pat Sajak's top (laughs) pet peeves are, because... This has to be one of them. It would drive me bonkers when you know what the puzzle is and you buy the vowels. And then he has to say, all right, there's no more vowels. And then you turn right around and solve the puzzle after wasting your money buying vowels. Or try to buy another vowel after he says there's no more vowels. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't seen the most quality contestants lately, but can I just let me just summarize. You don't have to buy all the vowels to solve a puzzle. You actually make more money if you don't. Especially, I don't know if you said this or not. If you know that the vowel is already there, don't buy the stupid vowel. Exactly. Thank you. That's the whole point. Yeah. You're wasting your money. Yeah. Just solve the puzzle. I have an idea. If Pat Sajak is ever at a Comic-Con, let's go. Let's go. I don't see him being there, but I just want to ask him. Henry Winkler was that. You know when you're in a job that long, there's got to be things that every person does all the time that just happen over and over and over, and that has to be one of them. Yeah. Stop buying What does Vanna White do to earn her money besides flip letters? Well, she used to flip the letters, but now is that a she's just... An, turning tricks? Is it wouldn't be Will of Fortune without that? her, so you can't... I mean, she can't not be a part of it. I mean, Could you imagine Wheel of Fortune? If they can get robots to call balls and strikes, they can Oh, that's a stupid rule. That please don't ever do that. That can't ever come. She no. can be replaced. No. It wouldn't be the same. 
She can't, unless they are both gone, and then it's just a whole new show with two new people. You can't just let do one, it with go. one new person. The only way it worked was like with Regis and Kathy Lee or whatever her name was. And then one of she phased out and Kelly Ripa came in. Yeah. And then he phased out and someone else came in. That worked okay. I want to know it's how like, much money Vanna White makes to flip letters. Why don't we look it up? I mean, that would revisit only make it sense. next week. <laughs> All right, this, we're going to tell you next okay, week. That was enough. So um, don't buy tuned. all the vowels. <laughs> all right, so let's end the show after eight minutes of talking about Comic Con and Wheel of Fortune. So it's important. It's very important, and I need to know how much money Vanna White can make so I can practice my letter flipping. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, so let's end the show. This has been Sports and Spouses. So we appreciate you listening. Um, subscribe wherever you're listening Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever. Please don't say smash. Smash that subscribe. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> just click the subscribe just click tap it, it or click, click it, it tap it smash it you don't have to smash it bang it billy's trying to copy some irish what is he scottish I don't know what he is some golf don't video instructional out. guy don't call me out rick shields His, yeah. <laughs> since you already called me out <laughs> but billy anyway. wants to be his friend i mean he's he really wants cool. to also be him too. i learned a lot from him um, so anyway, uh, subscribe, uh, rate, review, help us grow. And if you go to Anchor, if you're feeling froggy, you can actually uh, donate money to us. You know, I don't know who will, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but anyway, um, help us grow. Share it with your friends. That's the that's the best way to help us grow is just if you like listening to us, if you like our podcast, tell your friends about it and hopefully they'll like it too and just help us grow organically. So anyway, um, we will see you next week. Yeah. Enjoy your week. Bye.